I invite you to turn your Bible to Galatians chapter 3. And I'll apologize in advance. Usually with the normal bulletin, you've got a full outline with explanations. And for all you kids who are filling out the children's bulletin, it's a lot more difficult today. So I apologize for that. But your parents are here to help you. And most of the answers are in the Bible anyway. So uh, you'll just have to do your best. So we're in a series called The Gospel of Grace. We're working our way through the letter to the Galatians. Last week we learned how cleanness comes from repentance and faith in Jesus that goes to the heart and leads to life, and not by following ceremonial laws. Again and again, Paul is emphasizing that we are saved by grace. We're not saved by our obedience, by our keeping of the law, and... He keeps saying that over and over again. It must mean that we forget it. So if you've got your copy of the scriptures open, uh, look with me at Galatians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. This is God's word. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Consider Abraham. He believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law, because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. By becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Let's go to our God once more in prayer. God, we need your help. Deeply and uh, tremendously, Lord, we are full of of complications and confusion. Lord, many things are probably in our minds and in our hearts right now. But we pray that you would give us the ability to listen to this thing, these words that you've given to us for us today. And we ask for your help in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So I have a question for you. Or two questions. What completes you? 
or what makes your life complete? In the 1996 film Jerry Maguire, the character played by Tom Cruise says to Renee Zellweger, uh, the one that he likes, he has this revelation. He says, you complete me. So I ask you again, what completes you? What are you looking to for completion? When I think back on my own life, here are some of the things that I look to for completion. When I was a kid, I used to play basketball every single day. That's what I wanted to do. I couldn't imagine a day or my life without playing basketball. And I also wanted to see the Chicago Bulls win the championship every year, which almost happened. It was kind of nice how it worked out that way, but... That's what I wanted as a kid. I loved basketball. When I was in high school, I can remember one year my birthday approaching and desperately wanting a certain pair of shoes. And I thought to myself, if I could just get those shoes, I would have the image that I wanted to portray to everyone else in my school. If I had those shoes, I'd be all right. That would complete the image that I wanted. And then later on in high school and in college, what I felt would complete me was a little bit more insidious. It it looked pretty godly. It was at that time where I became more serious about my faith and wanting to be a follower of Jesus. And even though good things were happening in my life, like I was reading my Bible for the first time on my own and praying for my friends that they would become Christians and looking for opportunities to witness to them, part of my heart still wanted everybody to see that. I wanted people to see that I was serious about my faith, that I was mature in my faith, and I wanted the enjoyment that comes when people admire you for something. It doesn't matter what it is, we all have the tendency to do that. And even now, I'm tempted to find my completion in how well the sermon goes and how well you, you know, what you'll think about me. There's so many ways that we can do this. Um, If you're a Christian— you must always ask yourself, where is Jesus in this? Where is Jesus right now in what I'm doing? Where is God in this picture? If I lose my temper, where is God in that? Usually it's because I'm thinking of myself too highly, and then I'm angry at somebody else if they don't meet all my expectations. Here's a big idea for the message today. When you forget Jesus you look for something else to complete you. When you forget Jesus, you look for something else to complete you. This is what the Galatians did, and this is what you and I are so prone to do. So let's look and see how this played out with the Galatians. So in verses 1 through 5, we see how they forgot the Spirit. Again, look at verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Those are kind of bold words to call someone foolish. Um, All of the, uh, I don't know, the courtesy and the, um, I don't know, being polite are kind of out of the way at this point. But foolishness is not, he's not calling them stupid. Or he's not saying that they're not very bright. Foolishness in the Bible indicates an attitude of the heart as well as what's going on in your mind. Paul is shocked that they have such a low view of Jesus. Now imagine, Paul came and preached the gospel to them. What more accurate presentation of the gospel could you get? You have an apostle preaching to you. You've got it just right. 
He says, before your eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. He portrayed a vivid picture of what Jesus did and why he did it. Paul preached that Jesus Christ died for sinners. He preached that Jesus took your sin upon himself and he gave you his righteousness. And then he rose from the dead. Paul preached that if you believe in Christ, if you put your trust in him, even though you've done evil things, even though you've not been who you're supposed to be, God forgives you. God will forgive you. Put your trust in the only Savior. And this is what the Galatians did. They, they turned from their sin and they trusted in Jesus. But not many years later, they're tempted to believe something else. They're tempted to believe that there's something missing to complete them. He says in verse 2, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Now, many of us in this room get the fact that in order to be saved, in order to be justified before God, you must believe in Jesus. What sometimes is tricky for us is when we think about how we grow as Christians. Sometimes we're tempted to believe that, yes, I begin with Jesus. I've got to trust in him to be saved. Uh, I'm going to heaven now, but the rest of the Christian life is up to me. The rest of the Christian life is simply for me to learn these different Christian principles, for me to apply to my life, and that's all i got to do. Paul is saying that they need... They need the Spirit, but how, are, how do they get the Spirit? Do they get the Spirit by working really hard? Do they get the Spirit by observing certain laws? Do you get the Spirit by your church attendance? Or how consistent your Bible reading time is? Or how sincerely you pray? Now, it's tricky because... The Spirit comes to us as we receive and hear the word by faith. But sometimes we can use these very good Christian things and use them to try to put God into our debt. We can judge our spirituality by how well we're doing in these different areas. But he asked them, how did you get the Spirit? Did you get it by working hard? Did you get it by being faithful? He says, no, you got it by hearing the gospel and receiving it by faith. And especially if you're a Christian and if you've been a Christian for a long time, you really need to hear this because the Spirit is in you and your Spirit is working with your conscience and telling you all the time all the things that you failed to do, all the things that you should have done, all the things that you've let go. And if you forget that the Spirit comes to you by grace, the Spirit that helps you, the Spirit that ministers God's Word to you, when you have a guilty conscience, when you feel like you've blown it for the last time and God is through with you, you need to remember that the Spirit comes to you and the Spirit works in you through faith. Don't just read the Bible for Christian principles. Read the Bible for the promise of the gospel to you to help you to be the godly person that God has called you to be. And remember that he forgives you when you don't do it perfectly. None of us does. Nor did it happen to the Galatians that they were perfect and that was what gave them the spirit.
Tim Keller says, The Spirit does not work apart from the gospel. The gospel is the channel and form of the Spirit's power. Again, Christian, I'm talking to you right now. You need the gospel. You need the gospel to live a godly life. You need the Holy Spirit to work in you. And he comes to you as you receive the gospel by faith. The Galatians believed that they had, a, had the Spirit and had experienced him in the past. But again, Paul wants them to consider how they got the Spirit in the first place. So think about this. What is your hope of being perfected in the Christian life? Is it through the Holy Spirit changing you as you hear the Word of God by faith? Or do you hope to be perfected by your adherence to the rules? Think about this. What specifically do you struggle with with putting confidence in the flesh? This is what Paul is warning them about. We've heard about the Judaizers throughout this whole series. The Judaizers wanted them, wanted the Galatians, to add something to faith in Christ in order to make them accepted, in order to make them complete. What are the things that we are tempted to put confidence in the flesh? Is it comfort? Is it approval? Like the approval that I was seeking in high school and college and even now? Um, is it control over your situation? Um, think about this. So when I was living, when we were living in California, uh, we would have Jehovah's Witnesses come to our door and we would have Mormons come to our door. And, and maybe you've had this experience. I haven't had any come to our house yet here. But as, I, as they came to the door and whenever I had time to talk with them, uh, I would use that opportunity because... You know, it's an opportunity for me to witness to them. And if you've ever had a conversation with a Mormon, um, a Mormon will tell you all the, all the great things about the Mormon faith. They will tell you how it's really helped them in their life. They will say how uh, God used the, the revelation of Joseph Smith to, you know, to bring them to a, a new understanding of Christianity, as they, as they say or as they think. But my question to them is always, what do you have for me that I don't already have in the gospel? I say, look, I have complete forgiveness of my sins. I have assurance of my salvation. You don't have that. You always have to hope that you've been faithful enough as a Mormon. And you've got to do those five things that the Mormon church says that you have to do. So they have nothing. There's nothing that they can give me. And for you, if someone comes to you saying that you need something else to make you feel secure in your faith, if you need something else to complete you and it's not Jesus and his spirit working within you, you don't need it. You don't need to give them the time of day. That is what makes Paul so frustrated that these Galatians had given these Judaizers the time of day to tell them what they needed for the Christian life. <clears throat> so they forgot the spirit. They forgot how they got the spirit and they forgot how the spirit has continued to work in them. In verse 5, real quick, before we move on to the next point, Paul says, Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? This is present tense. God is doing those things right now, and Paul wants them to, cons wants them to consider, why is God doing these things? Is it because you're always obedient, or is it because... You receive the gospel by faith. He wants them to consider that. So they forgot the spirit, but they also forgot Abraham. 
Look with me at verse 6. Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Don't forget that Abraham was justified before he was circumcised. He was justified before God by faith, before he did any outward religious rite. Even though circumcision in the Old Testament was full of meaning, it was a promise of the gospel, it marked out God's people. But Paul actually is very confrontational here. He says, those who believe are the children of Abraham. The Judaizers are saying, you know, if you really want to be a complete Christian, if you want to be a complete believer, you've got to become a Jew. Paul says, no, if you believe, you are the children of Abraham. Abraham was saved when he believed God, and he obeyed God because he believed. And even when you think about Abraham's life, he did many great things, but think of kind of the not-so-great things that he did. Like when he went to Egypt and he lied about his wife and said that she was his sister because he was afraid of what was going to happen. Now, on a human level, we get that. But he was not perfect. Or uh, listening to Sarah's advice to take Hagar to get children through her. Again, it it wasn't a good move and it brought lots of problems in his life. His behavior was not perfect even though he was a believer. And we see that throughout Abraham's life he's looking ahead. And even scripture says he didn't receive in his lifetime all the things that God had promised to him. But we say them more now. But rely on Christ through faith rather than works of the law is what Paul is saying over and over again. To be blessed along with Abraham. Abraham wasn't justified by works of the law and neither are we. Faith in Jesus is enough to belong and to receive the blessing of Abraham. Don't let anyone tell you that you need to add something else to your faith to be accepted or to be kept by God. Think of the story of Leah and Rachel back in Genesis. Genesis 29, it says, When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, It is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. And over and over again, she has more children, and she thinks, Surely God will love me. My husband will love me now. Finally, Verse 35 of 29 says, She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, This time I will praise the Lord. She named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. She finally got it. She finally realized that she was complete in her relationship with God. She didn't have to keep trying to find completion in her husband or in having more and more children. All these things are good. Marriage is good. Children are awesome. But what we need to be complete is not more and more of these things. What we need to be complete is to be complete in our relationship with God and who he is for us. So they forgot Abraham, so don't forget him. Third point, when you forget, when you forget what your works can do, look at verse 10 with me. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse, for it is written... 
Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law, because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. If you want to be accepted and completed by the law, you need to yield to God perfect and perpetual obedience. That means obedience to God 24-7, and if you don't, you'll be judged. Paul is making this clear for him. Do you want to rely on your works to be accepted, or do you want to rely on your works to grow in the Christian faith? He says a curse is where that leads to. It's a dead end. It will lead you nowhere in being accepted by God or growing in God. The Galatians were looking for completion, but they overestimated their ability to keep the law and they underestimated how high the standard was. Now think about your own life. Do you keep God's standards perfectly? Okay, I don't see any hands raised. I don't either. Think about this. Maybe, um, maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you're here visiting. Um, do you keep your own standards? Nobody keeps even their own standards perfectly, so why would you use that as a way to reach completion? Um, it's fascinating that verse the, the righteous will live by faith it's actually out in front of the church on the sign out there and maybe if you drive by this week you'll think about it how will you live as a Christian how do you live now in this life and how will you live ultimately in the future blessed by God it's not through your obedience but it's through faith in Christ and what he does for you in your weakness in your frailty in your Weak obedience to God compared to what it's supposed to be. The only way that you will live before God is by faith. The only way that you will live is through Jesus and his life for you. His life, death, and his resurrection. So that's how you will live. Finally, when you forget you need Jesus. This is verses 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. The Galatians forgot Jesus. They forgot that Jesus became a curse for them. That law that they were tempted to follow in order to be accepted or in order to be complete before God Jesus took it to another level. He was cursed. 2 Corinthians says he became a curse for us. He became sin. Not that Jesus sinned, but he became the one who bore our sin. And in Christ, we become the righteousness of God. He is the one that brings us to the blessing of Abraham, that gospel that was preached to Abraham, that in you all the nations will be blessed. Ultimately, it's through Abraham's great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson. Jesus is the one who brings the blessing to the nations. This is why we're all here right now. It's not because you're a good law-abiding citizen. It's not because you're smarter than anybody else. It's because God drew you here to hear the gospel and to believe it, to receive it by faith, to become a child of Abraham, and to, for the rest of your life, live by faith knowing that one day you will be perfect through what Jesus did for you.
So the title of this message is When You Forget Jesus. So when you forget him, and you do and I do all the time, what should you do? Remember God's spirit. Remember that you receive his spirit through faith. When your conscience condemns you, when you, you feel who you're supposed to be and you see so clearly who you are not, what is your hope for change? What is your hope to become different? What is your hope to become like Jesus? It's not through trying harder. It's not through making a list right now to do everything right this week. This is something I'm tempted to do. I'm tempted to live by my routine, and if my routine goes well and it doesn't get disrupted, I can feel pretty good about myself and feel pretty complete. Does anybody feel that way sometimes? We're tempted in different ways to do this, to find our completion in what we do. But remember God's spirit. Remember tomorrow morning when you wake up that it's not your faithfulness that makes you accepted before God, but it's Jesus' faithfulness for you. And he will help you every step of the way when you're tempted to lose your temper, when you're tempted to covet, um, when you're tempted to look down on somebody else. Remind yourself again and again of the gospel. Remind yourself of the kindness God showed to you And let that motivate you to show kindness to other people. Remember Abraham, the man of faith. Remember that he was justified through faith, not through what he did. And this is the way that we're justified before God. We're justified through faith in Jesus. Remember that relying on your works to be accepted by God or relying on your works to be completed before God is a dead-end street. It will lead you nowhere. Uh, That's where where the law is meant to lead you. It's meant to lead you to the end of yourself and so that you look completely upon Jesus and what he does for you. And remember Jesus this week. Remember Jesus all throughout the day. Pray. Ask God to help you. Again, it's not just you become a Christian and the, the rest of your life is doing your best to follow these principles. When you become a Christian, you follow Jesus the rest of your life and you trust in him for every single thing. Every single area of your life that you need to grow in, that growth comes through faith. And do good works this week. I have a heart of gratitude to God and love for your neighbor. Just stop trying to impress God with your good works. Last week, Kevin began with an uh, illustration from Hamilton, and I'm going to end with an illustration from Hamilton. So there's a scene in the musical where Hamilton is sent home from the battlefield, disappointed. He wanted to be there. He wanted to stay and fight. So he gets home, and his wife reminds him of these words. She says, look around, look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. Maybe I'll change one word to make it fit for us. Look around to see how blessed you are right now. Look around at these blessings that we receive in the gospel. Don't find your completion in what you do. Don't find your completion in hoping that you'll do a good job this week. Do a good job this week. But don't find your hope in that. Find your hope in Jesus as you seek to do a good job this week. The fact that you're alive is a miracle. If you are a Christian, it's a miracle of grace. Again, you weren't paying attention when everybody else was doing something else. If you were paying attention when you heard the gospel, it's God who caused that to happen to you. It's God who worked in your heart by grace. And that's the way that he continues to work in you. We don't need a legacy. We don't need money. 
all these things. Is, is God enough? Clearly we see in Galatians that Jesus is enough. His spirit is enough working in us as we receive him by faith to help us deal with our guilt, to help us deal with our sin, and to give us hope that we'll make progress in this life. Maybe not as much as we want to, but we will make progress as we trust in him. That thing right now that you're thinking about that you need to change. God will help you. He forgives you. He is conforming you to the image of Christ. But ultimately, no matter how much growth we have in this life, our hope is when we meet Jesus. Our hope of completion is not in this world. Our hope of completion is Jesus, and he's in heaven. He's coming back. But we will be complete. You will be who you were always meant to be when you see him face to face. So let's go to him and pray now. Jesus, you are enough to complete us. Lord, this is your great story that you're writing. You've written us into it. We just want to be a part of it. We want to be satisfied and complete in you and to live out your, your dreams, your will for our lives. Lord, help us to love our neighbor. Help us to look to you by faith through all sorts of moments throughout this week. And that next week, when we come back together, that we would see a little bit more how you're, how you're working in us, that you'd be glorified in working in us by grace through the power of your spirit. And thank you for your love for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.